The following is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey. This is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD. Hi, it's Casey, and today we shine on with one of the greatest spiritual teachers of our time, Marianne Williamson. Her new book is called From Tears to Triumph. There is tremendous opportunity to grow in our wisdom, places where we need to change, places where we need to atone for our mistakes, make amends for our mistakes, commit to being different, places where we're simply going to have to forgive other people, places where we need to not stay stuck obsessing in the past or about the future, but really rise to the occasion of the present moment. These are muscles. These are attitudinal muscles that we need to develop. That's Marianne Williamson. More on the way. But first, another amazing spiritual teacher, Rosamund Zander, who says, we don't even have access to reality. We are living through our perceptions. The best-selling co-author of The Art of Possibilities is back 15 years later with Pathways to Possibilities because... Well, when I finished that, I thought I'd said everything there was to say about transformation. And then I went through a few more life experiences and I said, no, that's not all we have to say. Not done yet. Now, uh, not done yet. In the book, you talk about child stories as the source of behavior patterns that hold us back. Everybody has their own child story. Do they fall into certain categories? Yes, they certainly do. Stories that are conceived in childhood and that stick with us have certain characteristics. They're kind of eye-centered. You know, I'm the center of the universe and everything is about me. So in a child story, you take things very personally. You, it's fear-based. And you worry about things like looking good and, and keeping control and that there'll be enough for you there. You always worry that there won't be quite enough. And, you know, and things seem sort of set in stone. You don't have the flexibility that an adult point of view has. So this is the way it is, and it'll be that way forever. So our child stories, are they true? No story is true, because we don't... (laughs) We'll never be able to see reality. We'll never see it, except in moments of being on a mountaintop, maybe, for a second. No, no story is true, but some stories include more of what's out there and, and, a, and have a wider base and have more, well, more wisdom to them. The stories that children make up out of their desire to get through childhood alive tend to be fear-based, and they are very narrow in range. Because children are born into a very narrow world. They have their parents, and they have their siblings, and they have playmates and a teacher, maybe. But that's about it. And they have to make up their view of the world from that small stage. Right. So are they true? No, they're very, very skewed. First, they're skewed most towards towards survival and fear. And the other way they're skewed is that... You know, if a dog bit you in childhood, you think all dogs bite. Right. That kind of skewing. Yeah. So we spend our adult lives hung up and not moving forward because of stories we continue to tell ourselves from childhood. Exactly. And telling yourself 
is a misnomer. What actually happens is that you live in the story, and the world appears. Uh, the world appears as the story. So we're living our story and not our lives. Yeah, I don't know what living a life quite is, because we'll always be living stories. But let's make those stories um, stories that support our compassion, our connection, our ability to create and not stories that support us to withdraw and to put up barriers. We're talking to Rosamund Stone Zander, co-author of the best-selling The Art of Possibility, her new book, Pathways to Possibility, Transforming Our Relationship with Ourselves, Each Other, and the World. So you say you don't know what it's like to live a life. Living a life is just telling stories. Yeah, because we really don't have access to something that we all think we do, which is reality, we're living through our perception. Our perception. You know that, that different cultures see things differently because they have different stories, and they think they see everything there is to see. I'm always amused by the, which I talk about in The Art of Possibility, the frog who only sees four things, but the frog thinks he sees everything and survives quite, na- and quite well on that. Um, so we think we see the truth, and we never, never do. Every, every scientific discovery is followed by one that may upend that one. So we're just but, each seeing tiny, tiny pieces of whatever. Well, we see... Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> of whatever. We, we happen to be... Whatever. Yeah, wow. whatever. We're each seeing tiny pieces of whatever we happen to be in front of. Yeah, or the tail of the elephant, or maybe it isn't a tail, or, you know. Right, right. <laughs> the people all standing, you know, holding, with their eyes closed, touching a different part of the elephant. They each feel something yeah. different. Um, th- so, wow, wow. So here we are, you know, chanting and doing yoga and uh, playing with <laughs> our herbal essences to find reality. And guess what? There isn't one. Or if there is one, we'll never, never touch it, never get access to it. Why? Except, why? Yeah. Well, look, we're uh, a creature, a, um, an animal or, or a creature just like all other creatures, and every one of them has their own perceptual system. So does the do- our dog see the same thing we do? And does he have the same reality? Does a butterfly, does... A ladybug? You see, the reality is, is the collection of perceptions that any particular perceptual system takes in and makes sense out of. Okay. And that'll be different in every case. Pathways to possibility. So basically, we can rewrite our stories and our lives? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. In the seconds we have left, in the moments we have left, just tell us one thing we can do today, aside from picking up this beautiful orange book, Pathways to Possibility, one thing we can do today to start transforming. You can walk with spirit and love. You can say to yourself, there's all the time in the world. And you will find yourself tuning into the universe. Walk with spirit and love and say to ourselves, there's all the time in the world and we will tune in to spirit and universe. Yes. Rosamund Stone Zander, Pathways to Possibilities. Visit rosamundzander.com. You've got all the time in the world.
This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or need more information about things you've heard on the show, email kcradio at gmail.com. The Health and Happiness Show. Information, fun, and inspiration. Ladies, you know how good it feels to catch a glimpse of your own reflection and smile back at it. Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco can help refresh your reflection naturally. Long-lasting Thermage uses radio frequency to strengthen your skin. Thermage can help you regain a youthful contouring of your cheekbones and jaw. It works great on stretch marks and on your legs and around your knees, too. A Fraxel laser treatment pinpoints sunspots, scars, and wrinkles and stimulates your own natural collagen. Fraxel can help change damaged skin into glowing, healthy skin. Ladies, in less time than a yoga class or a mani-pedi, you can renew and rejuvenate your skin and smile back at your reflection. Take the first step today. Call Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Here's the number, 914-241-3003. And visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Hi, it's Casey. Marianne Williamson is the person who first said, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. It's not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our lights shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Said Marianne Williamson. You can be in her presence every week now in New York City. Yes, I lecture here every Wednesday night at the Middle Collegiate Church at 2nd Avenue between 6th and 7th, and all of that is on uh, my events page at Marianne.com. Marianne.com. Tears to Triumph is the new book, um, The Spiritual Journey from Suffering to Enlightenment. What made you tackle this subject now? I think that a lot of people are going through a lot of anxiety, a lot of sadness, and I think that if you are looking at the state of the world today and not grieving, I'm not sure you're looking, but we have allowed a medical model to be imposed upon our despair. And this is a very dysfunctional reaction to being human. This is, these are very serious times. And the fact that people are upset about a lot of things going on today does not mean something is wrong with us. And that's, that's the problem. What has happened is that we have medicalized normal human despair. There is a spectrum of normal human suffering. You go through a heartache, a divorce, a painful breakup, a financial failure, a financial, uh, professional hardship or loss, someone that you know has died. These things are painful, but they're not a mental illness. And in the pain of experiencing all of those things that I mentioned, there is tremendous opportunity to grow in our wisdom, in our understanding of what life is about, places where we need to change, places where we need to atone for our mistakes, make amends for our mistakes, commit to being different, places where we're simply going to have to forgive other people and learn to forgive other people if we are to move forward with our lives places where we need to 
not stay stuck obsessing in the past or about the future, but really rise to the occasion of the present moment. These are muscles. These are attitudinal muscles that we need to develop. And it infantilizes us when we simply numb ourselves or distract ourselves from the pain. We need to be real grown-ups in the world today, and sometimes it's our own failures and our own suffering, our own painful moments in life that take us to that place. And the great spiritual traditions, the three that I focus on in the book, I talk about the light of Buddha and the light of Moses and the light of Jesus. These spiritual transmissions teach us how to transform our suffering, not to deny our suffering, not to numb our suffering, but to transform our suffering by realigning our thinking with the divine that is within us. I can sometimes feel the listeners when they're leaning into the radio, and as we're talking about suffering, I can feel people having things maybe bubble up, and then they push them back down. When and where is a safe place to unpack all this suffering? You unpack all this suffering in the safe space of the holiness within your own mind. There might be a therapist, there might be friends, all, all that kind of external support that can be very helpful at times, absolutely. But when we go into that temple space within our own minds, that is what meditation is about. Mm. That is what prayer is about. That is what a serious spiritual practice is about. It's not just share graphic spirituality. It's something deeper that has to do with a serious meditative process, prayer process. I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, but A Course in Miracles is just one of many, many different options that we all have. And there is, you know, whether it's Judaism or Christianity or Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism, there are so many, many doors to the divine within ourselves. And a lot of people know what their particular door is, but they also know they haven't been practicing. Some people might be listening right now and go, I don't know what the teaching is that would take me to that transformed place within myself. But if that person who might be leaning into the radio right now says a little prayer inside their heart, books will literally fall at their feet. Mm. They will fall at your feet over the next few days. So there is no outer remedy. That's the point. There is no external solution to emotional suffering. Right. Emotional suffering is a soul disease. It's not a brain disease. And a, a corner of the society that does not even factor the soul into their calculations is not where we should be looking for a solution to the pain in our soul. I'm up to Lesson 184 in A Course of Miracles, and it really has changed my life, teaching me that the the great peaceful place and holy place resides inside of me. But if you look at the news today, it's like we human creatures have one eye closed to life. We're, we're, everyone's doing this dance of, of, you know, the latest horrific news story and never bringing up the soul. We don't seem to have a, a mainstream place to speak about what life is really all about. Well, I think more and more we do. I think that's what you're doing with your show. I think it's what I'm doing with my work. I think that we actually do have more and more of an expanded mainstream conversation at this moment. Now we all need to contribute to it even more greatly, and we need to apply the principles that that mainstream conversation now sets forth. For instance, as a student of A Course in Miracles, you know about the law of cause and effect. You know that all these terrible things that are happening in the world today did not come out of nowhere. They came from wrong-minded thought and action. 
And so we as a country, we as a species have to atone for our errors. Take something like climate change. Hello, it didn't come from nowhere. It came from irreverent thinking and behavior in relation to the earth. Look at ISIL. It didn't come from nowhere. It came primarily from a, an absurd and even criminal invasion of a country that did not invade us. And, and, and the, the, the whole idea of our easy acquiescence uh, to this invasion, which, which exploded this hornet's nest. So when you look, this is why this is a very painful but significant time to be alive, to look at what's happening and to atone in our hearts, whether it's our own individual lives or as citizens of, of a nation or of a species, to atone. And that's you, as a student of A Course in Miracles, you certainly know about this. Atonement is a cosmic reset button. You know, it's what Catholics do when they go to confession. It's what the Jews do on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, which is the day of atonement. It's what Alcoholics Anonymous puts forth in the 12 steps, where you have to acknowledge your character defects, the exact nature of your wrongs, and, and make amends for them. That is the spiritual work, and I think when you say there's no conversation, well, you and I are, are creating it right now, right. along with many, many people who are joined. Some, there is now an emergent conversation that will lead to a new consciousness. And, and the point in the book, whether you're talking about Buddha or Moses or Jesus or any of the other great religious systems, these conversations are ancient. We just need to understand and to embrace the relevance of these ancient eternal truths and apply them to our own lives. Marianne Williamson, the guest, New York Times bestselling author of A Return to Love, her new book, beautiful golden book called Tears to Triumph, The Spiritual Journey from Suffering to Enlightenment. What jumped out on me on page 29, an interesting heading called Eating Thorns. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm fascinated by how peacocks get created, peacock feathers. The beauty of a peacock feather came about because the peacock ate thorns, thorns. And that's kind of how life is, isn't it? Sometimes you have to eat thorns, and yet peacock feathers come from it. What does that mean? It means that the painful situations in life those things that just feel like digesting this is very hard for me. But on the other end of this, I will be more humble. I will be more grateful. I will no longer treat life like a joke because I know now it's not one. I will seek to be more ethical, more impeccable, because if I don't, I will create suffering for myself and self and others. That's what our peacock feathers are. We can become more beautiful through our painful times. Don't buy into this propaganda of, I have a disorder, I have a disorder. This is just turns you into a victim there's something wrong with me that I'm this sad. No, there's something right with you that you're this sad. That you have, that you are deeply sensitive to to the to the pain of the world means that you are. This is good. You are canary in the mine. So what you have is the canaries in the mine are falling over, and the owner of the mine is saying there's something wrong with the canaries. And I think this is particularly important for women. We have exquisitely sensitive nervous systems. This is not our weakness. This is our strength. And we live in a world that so repudiates the love in our hearts and the spiritual tenets of right living that we are all suffering living in that breach and that gap between what the world could be and what too often it is. The pain and the suffering is the wake-up call. Psychic pain is like physical pain. It conveys a message. And we are being given a message. The human race is going the wrong way. And the answer is now transform it. Transform your thinking, which is certainly what I put forth in the book, through atonement, through mercy, through love, through forgiveness, through compassion, through living fully in the present. And that's what the book is all about. Mm -hmm. 
and then this changes you. And as we change, it's not that we become enlightened masters, but we become better. And then we can contribute to the larger conversation about how to change the world. And that's what we need to do today. One more question. What does atonement look like in the average everyday life? It means checking out where you hurt. For, for instance, I had a situation in my life that kind of came down badly. And for months, I held on to the fact that it was the other person's fault. And after several months, I thought, you know what? My own behavior wasn't perfect there. I, I didn't practice what I preach. You didn't pray about the meeting before you went in. You didn't send your love to everybody in the meeting before you went in. You didn't surrender your judgments before you went in. You went in with a funky attitude, Marianne. And as I say all the time, you know, everybody subconsciously knows everything because all minds are joined. So I allowed myself to see, Marianne, you were there. You know, the Course in Miracles says you pay a big price for not taking 100% responsibility for your life. And that is that you can't change it. So I did atone. And there's a prayer in the Course in Miracles where it says you go back to the moment where you realize you made a mistake, you realize you didn't let the holiness within you dominate and prevail within your consciousness and your behavior at that time. But you go back and you give it to God now and you say, I can change my mind now. Because when you go into the holy, you're going into the quantum field beyond time and space. So you can go back. And it's a kind of cosmic reset button. And then you have to make amends where, where it's appropriate. When I realized what I just said to you, I realized I had an email to write. I had an apology to give. And my ego didn't love that. But I did. And you know what? Then I got an apology back from the other person. And now we're going to have lunch, and I feel the relationship can begin again. That's what atonement is. You go through your day. How would I do? And none of us are perfect. Well, I could have been nicer. I didn't have to bark. Yeah, I could have been less judgmental. I could have, no, I could have handled that differently. That's what atonement is. And you give it to God then. You realize, I acted from my wound. We all have wounds, but you don't have to act from it. And that's what spiritual growth is. You know, we're all wounded. We were all triggered. We're all had childhood. But you grow to the point where you are conscious enough to know that at least I can control my behavior. And during that time, ultimately, my mind itself, my consciousness will be transformed. So most of us have a lot to atone for. I mean, who of us have ever played, you know, if, if you're at a point where you play it perfectly 24-7, then you're an enlightened master. But until you are, if you're, you're like the rest of us, you have some things to atone for on any given day. Oh, tons. And that's what I worry about. People are <clears> going to say, I've got so much to atone for, I don't know where to start. Well, God's big. Just start somewhere, wherever you are. And your subconscious mind, when you get into a prayerful, meditative state, your subconscious mind will reveal to you. You know, it's all in there. But we just, through meditation, you give your subconscious mind, you give the spirit the opportunity to talk to you. You know, we are all so bombarded by ego thinking, meaningless thinking, judgmental thinking, angry thinking, not only from the culture, but inside our heads. And when you meditate, then you cultivate what is both in Judaism and Christianity called the small, still voice for God. We all have a direct radio link to the voice for the divine. But for most of us, most of the time, there's so much static in the radio, you just can't hear the broadcast. But the broadcast is always there, calling you to be kinder, calling us to be more conscious, to be more aware of other people's feelings, to be more forgiving, to be more merciful, to be more responsible. It's there. We just need to, through meditation, through spiritual practice, 
tune our attitudinal body and really change our attitudinal musculature so that we're the people we can be rather than the people that too often we allow ourselves to be. And then we create more beautiful lives for ourselves and for others, and we become positive and we become contributive and we become abundant, and life starts to work. Otherwise, we do suffer, and that should be no surprise. Marianne.com, Marianne Williamson, the guest, Tears to Triumph, her latest book. Thank you so much for your generous time today. Thank you so much for having me. Marianne Williamson, her new book is called Tears to Triumph. To be entered in the drawing to win a copy, send your name and address to kcradio at gmail.com, K-A-C-E-Y, radio at gmail.com. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey. The content of the Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. The Health and Happiness Show is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at kcradio.com. And join Casey for another edition of the Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning on 100.7 WHUD.